0: Welcome, everyone, to the Never Say Die podcast. I'm your host, TJ, and with me again, as always, is our NHL analyst and expert, the Grumpy Old Man. They say there's no shame in his game because he's always the same. That's me. And now, Grumpy Old Man, the Islanders' struggles continue. Um, Since our last podcast, they lost to the Ottawa Senators on Thursday, and we're recording this here on Saturday evening after a loss to the Carolina Hurricanes in overtime. Given uh, we did at least get the point against the Carolina Hurricanes, who have been struggling also quite a bit. But at home, that's not really a game you want to go ahead and even let get to that overtime situation. The Islanders now have lost six games in a row. Uh, Things are starting to look a little bleak as a meaty part of our schedule's upcoming, and we have a lot of games on the road against some very tough teams.
1: Yeah the Ottawa loss really at this stage of the season is inexcusable to be honest with you. I thought, I thought we played well against the hurricanes today, particularly in the last period, uh, last period and a half, really. Um, It seems like that the Barzal line has kind of woken up a little bit in the last couple of games, but we're not getting anything from anybody else. Um, I know that, uh, like I said, in today's game in particular, I was particularly impressed. I thought Anders Lee played extremely well. I thought Noah Dobson played well. I thought Ryan Pulak played really well. Um, and, you know, as much as I rip on Anders Lee, uh, that first goal that we scored today was a direct result of him doing the, the battling work in the corners and feeding it to Pulak. And then uh, the, goalie that, the goal that Bailey scored was a direct result of Noah Dobson doing the same thing, powering his way around the boards. And even Josh Bailey couldn't help but put it in the net.
0: Uh, yeah, I mean, that was a wide-open opportunity. And Josh has been struggling mightily as of late. And, I mean, he had a few other chances right in front of the net, almost unencumbered. And and the defense wasn't even really paying him much attention. He's able to slip through and get a prime opportunity to score. And uh, goalie just came up big. I mean, Forsberg came up and stopped Josh Bailey. And and that's also – I don't want to kind of interrupt your thought here, grumpy old man. that too being late. Said, too late. You're
1: already dead. Too late.
0: Well, that being said, grumpy old man, um, that was the Carolina Hurricanes' third-string goalie in the net. And at home like that, that's really a game we have to come away with two points in.
1: Well, I'm glad that we came away at least with one. Um, that was, I mean, really, I thought the first period and a half, almost two periods, really, it was choppy. I thought it was a really choppy game. Just the pucks bouncing all over the place. I don't know if it was the ice, but Jordan Eberle, and that's the last couple of games, he and Andrews Lee both, actually. The puck comes right to him. And I don't know if it just hops a little bit as it comes to him or they just kind of miss it, or, but it's just a recurring issue. Um, that we've had, uh, but I thought the third period played really well. It was it was a playoff hockey game. I mean, these guys are fighting. I mean, you're right. Carolina has just come off a series where they've lost a bunch of games in a row, and uh, that was a big win win for them. Um, and honestly, on the game winning goal in overtime, I don't think that should have been a goal. Uh, I'll be honest with you. And the excuse that they gave Anders Lee after the game, well, you know he did maybe he did play the puck over his shoulder but it bounced off the pipe and that's why you know it didn't go directly into the that. okay that's fine but anytime you play a puck a, a high stick on a puck your guy can't touch it next the play gets whistled dead so i didn't understand that explanation from them honestly from the referees
0: yes i will i will also mention that because i'm glad you brought it up i was going to bring it up if you didn't i definitely thought that that was a call that should have been ruled a high stick. You're right, because it's, if a high stick is constituted if you play the puck in the offensive zone with your stick above your shoulder. That's constituted as a high stick. And right. then your your team can't touch the puck next. It's just how the rule's written. So, I mean, if you break it down to the minutia, that entire sequence, right, Shvetsikov goes ahead and, and hits it with, again, the stick that was above his shoulder, and he hits the crossbar, the puck bounces there to Trocek, who throws it towards the net and it goes off of Mayfield in the net. But again, it should have been blown dead, right? Because he hits it with that with that stick that's above the shoulder blade. Um, and, exactly. you know, some, some angles you, you maybe can argue it wasn't a high stick. But I thought there was definitely other angles where it's, it's pretty clear that the stick was definitely above the shoulder. And I unfortunately had the feeling once they were reviewing that for quite a long time, they were just going to say the call stands. Anytime they go and they review something for a substantial amount of time, it's usually the call stands. And that's unfortunate. I believe if it was called on the ice no goal, that would have been, it would have been also the call stands no goal. I just don't think they wanted to go ahead and upset the apple cart and overturn what they called on the ice.
1: Yeah. Um, it has to be indisputable for them to overturn it. And you're right. When it took a long time like that, that's usually they're not going to overturn that. Um, But that said, you know, and it's funny because the last, I want to say the last five, six, seven minutes of that game, the Islanders really played with a sense of urgency that we usually don't see from them in the offensive zone, honestly. And I realized that, uh, you know, Carolina is coming off a back-to-back, so maybe they were a little worn down at the end of the game. But, you know, when they play like that, with that sense of urgency, um, you know, you see how they can be successful. We just don't see it much from them, and I, I don't know why, honestly. I, we just need more. I don't know. I, you know, I just don't understand. I, I'm I'm kind of flummoxed by the whole thing, honestly, where, you know, even last year, once you're in the offensive zone, man, we're pressing, we're pressing. This year, we never want to take a shot. I mean, it's just frustrating. Um, it's hard to win games like that if you don't shoot the puck.
0: Yes, it is. And I also want to speak about the play of that game as well. I mean, it was a playoff atmosphere in, in regards to the way the game was called as well and officiated, and there was nothing really called on either side, and I would have been fine with that, and I am fine with that, um, and that's and that's what to expect. I mean, people have issues with, oh, you know, they let this go, uh, this ticky-tack cross check. I mean, in playoff hockey, they call nothing, and again, if you want to win the Stanley Cup, you have to be able to excel when they call nothing. That's, I mean, like, and that's the thing. They're never going to change that. They always call games in the NHL playoffs this playoff style hockey, where they try to let the players out there in the ice go ahead and determine the outcome of the game. You see a lot of stick grabbing, you see a lot of grasping of players and holding and interference and, you know, taps on the stick, which are usually called penalties in a regular season that aren't in the playoffs. And that's what makes it so difficult to win the Stanley cup because there's almost two different sets of rules. You've got the rules in the regular season. And right now we're seeing them start to transition where they're looking at the rules of the postseason. And we saw it again on display today. I again, the reason the calls on the ice were not at all the reason the Islanders lost that game. I mean, you can maybe make an argument for the lack of the high stick call. It was the reason the Islanders lost. We had plenty of chances that game. We didn't do what we were supposed to do out there in the ice. Um, but I definitely think that was played with a high stake. Personally,
1: yeah, I do too. Um, I just—it's funny because you know you listen to after, at the end of the game you listen, you know, to them to them talk and they were talking about you know when Scott Mayfield got uh, hit up high and he got cut and there was no penalty call and the referees told him, well we didn't see it and then an Islander um, he and he did hit him in the in the visor with a stick. But you know what? The referee couldn't have seen it where he was standing from. The you know, the player throws his head up and grabs his face, but he he was behind the play. I saw him put his hand up. He never saw that call. I mean, okay, you can assume that he got hit in the face. Well, guess what? When you see a guy going at Scott Mayfield and him coming up bleeding, I mean, you know, it's not like he broke a razor blade out like the old professional wrestlers and cut himself. He was cut with a stick and nothing was called. It's just it's just frustrating because the Allen had two four-minute um. Uh, high sticking calls today against them.
0: Two double double-miners, yeah, absolutely.
1: Highly, highly unusual.
0: Yeah, it, it for sure is grumpy old man. Um, it's it, we're gonna face adversity, right? And we've been facing it all season long. If people can argue, yeah, we've been, you know, we've got the least amount of power play opportunities in the NHL. Blah blah blah. But I'm gonna really be honest with you, it doesn't make that much of a difference because our power play is putrid it's terrible. And again, I feel like this is a common theme that continually can be brought up every single podcast. But if you look at the last 17 games, we've got four power play goals, and we've given up three shorties. So I'm not sure that it's really going to make that much of a difference, these power play opportunities, because we just still can't score on the power play guys. It, you know, when you, when it gets down to the brass tacks, we're still struggling on to score on the power play. We've had chances in games and if you're able to even increase that power play, that power play opportunity and the power play percentage of success, you might be looking at a different outcome. We're sitting completely different if that's the case, because we've played a lot of close games where we've gone over on the power play and we've had plenty of opportunities.
1: Yeah. It's it's the players at this point. Was no, there's no pace to their power play, if you understand what I'm saying. You look at other teams that have good power plays, the puck is crisp, right? Stick to stick. And our guys is not, it's they're slow developing. They're behind them. They're ahead of them. I mean, that's, you know, that's a tough way to score goals. I mean, I, and I just, like I said, I'm just unhappy with our current power play. I mean, it just is what it has been like that for the last two years though. I mean, you know, it's not like when we had, when we had Tavares out there, power play was different. Um, Now, I mean, you got Matt Barzal, but everybody just stands around. And like I said, the passes are not crisp. They're slow. Um, like I said, it's just, it's just frustrating. At, at some point in time, you got to stop looking at the coaches and just got to look at the players. They need to do better. Um, like I said, I, I I'll tell you one thing though. They talked to Anders Lee after the game and they said, um, is there any way that you think guys think you can salvage the season? And he was indignant. He says, salvage the season. We're in a playoff spot right now. And that is exactly the response you want from your captain. And I, like I said, for all the crap that I talk about, Anders Lee, that's what you want from a captain. And I thought the question was a, a really a, an idiotic question from the reporter, to be honest with you, because the Islanders are in playoff position right now. And to say that, you know, try to salvage the season, I don't, I mean, what the heck is he even talking about? And I'm just glad he got indignant with them.
0: Yeah. Anytime they ask questions like that to athletes, I I can't help but have a feeling where what, what's going through your mind? Um, how can you salvage the season? Like, come on, get out of here. And the thing is, it's – again, I've played sports at high levels. People ask questions like that. And it, you're right. That is the perfect response. Um, you're 100% right, grumpy old man. But – they are in a playoff spot and he, he's been getting asked. These questions are sort of borderline around these questions for weeks now because they're skidding. And, you know, he said what we're putting out there, they're asking, Oh, what do you feel about how the fans boo? And, you know, he's given the right response there as well. We haven't given them a lot to cheer about, etc., etc. And the biggest thing for me is obviously if we continue to play the way we are, we're not making the playoffs. That's just how that's going. And, I don't have much else to say about it. You you like the response from Anders Lee, but in the same token what we're seeing out there on the ice and again our self-inflicted wounds, we keep shooting ourselves on the foot. Anytime we cause, anytime we go ahead and turn the puck over or give whatever opposing team we're playing a prime opportunity to score, it seems that it's always always converted. And I'm not saying it's due to puck luck. I'm just saying we're turning the puck over and giving them some real prime opportunities to score. And the very high offensive talented teams are going to go ahead and execute that.
1: Um, yeah, you're right. And once again, Noah Dobson, 12 minutes, 40 seconds today. That kid needs to play all the time. He He brings something to the team that we just don't have. And you saw it today on that goal. I mean, how many of our defenders can actually do something like that? His passes are crisp. They're spot on. He has really good vision. The kid should never come out of the lineup. He just should never come out of the lineup, and he should play a regular shift. I don't want to – and, you know, you listen to Barry Trotz after the game. Well, you know, he was better defensively. His decisions were better. I don't think he's uh, uh, pooped the bed his whole – you know, with this whole year, really, or he's made a couple mistakes, but certainly no more than any other player on this team. I just, I just think the kid should play. The future is now. And, you know, like I said, I keep on talking about the direction of the team. You have to know that you can be a free agent at the age of 27. And if you're not playing guys when they're younger and they're affordable, you're going to get yourself in salary cap trouble. I mean, by the time you bring somebody up and let them play, and they're 24, 25 years old, you're going to lose them in two years or three years. I mean, to me, that's just not not smart management.
0: Yes. Uh, You know, Grumpy Old Man, you're preaching to the choir here on this one. I've talked about it. I've tweeted about it. I've Facebooked about it. Anyone who has a social media presence knows that I have no issue at all talking about the need to restructure this team because we're an old team a very old team, and we've got old players signed with quite a few years left on their contract and quite a bit of term and just caps attached to them. So in that regard, yes, we do need to go ahead and restructure, mix some things up. Um, I thought, though, the way we played today, despite losing in overtime to to the Carolina Hurricanes, was the most energy I've seen out of this Islanders group in weeks. And that is, that is at least a good sign. I, I will tell you, grumpy old man, after we lost to Ottawa, despite the fact that I thought we would lose to Ottawa, when I mentioned it on last podcast, I thought we were going to lose to Ottawa, have an overtime loss to the Carolina mm-hmm. Hurricanes. And it did wind up coming out to be true, unfortunately.
1: You're a regular I, Nostradamus over there, aren't you? <laughs>
0: um, I will say this. I felt – a lack of confidence of the remainder of the season after the Ottawa game. I thought that, yeah, this could this could be the end or the beginning of the end. The way we played today against Carolina, despite the outcome not being there, is at least a positive sign. I thought we had a little bit of jump in our skates. Um, Andrew Ladd was being a physical force out there. Um, and you know, it was getting chippy with Carolina. We didn't back down at all we were i mean heck anthony bevillier got his first i guess fighting major in his nhl career the last time he fought was when he was back there in the quebec major juniors so i mean everybody is stepping up to the call when you know, when they have to there's not a single person in that locker room who's given up and quit. And you know, I hate when people say that. It looks like the teams quit, looks like that. At certain times, yeah, sure. It looks like they were hanging their head throughout the game, but all it took was that one goal and they get it back and they're back in the entire team. All right, they're back. We're back, guys. We need to do this, we need to do that. Given the result didn't turn out our way, but this team has no quit in it, and I don't think the team will quit under Barry Trotz. So I know there's some certain people who think the team, oh, they've quit. Look at the results; they're not putting the effort in. I don't think this team's quit.
1: No, the team has not quit, uh, and I don't think that. Okay, as much as I complain about the lack of talent on this team, which there is, this is this is a really solid character group, and they don't quit. Um, I never felt that they, I, I, they're just not a quitting bunch. I mean, it's just not the, it's just not in the Islander DNA to be quitters. It really isn't. We've never been quitters ever, in the history of our organization. Even when times are bad, we really don't roll over and die, like Ranger teams have done in the past. Um, so I 100% agree with you that there's no quitting this team. We haven't given up. I, I still think we're going to make the playoffs. I still think we're going to make the playoffs. We just need to, because I mean, our effort is there. We're not getting any bounces right now. If we get a couple of bounces, you know, we can win some, all of our games are close. We're not getting blown out. I mean, you know, that's the way to look at it. And Carolina is in the same boat that we're in the same exact boat where, I mean, they had a couple opportunities and you look at when teams are so, I mean, tightly competitive and, you know, they come, they match up really well. You look after Carolina's first goal, boy. They had all the energy in the room at that point in time. Then we get the tying goal, and that everything's going our way. And you know that's just kind of the way it is. And it was a playoff, uh, a playoff atmosphere matchup today. You could tell it. And like I said a couple, a few podcasts ago, get ready for this, Islanders fans because all you're going to see the rest of the way is playoff type hockey. And hopefully that we'll be able to, you know, hopefully we're going to come out on top. I think. The thing that helps us is the teams below us, everyone's kind of losing. Nobody's really taking the bull by the horns, uh, so to speak, with the exception of the Flyers, I guess, and the Bruins.
0: Um, well, yeah, the Flyers were below us, I, I want to say, maybe if you look a month ago, but they have been extremely hot as of late. And, I mean, they're they're definitely a lock for the playoffs. And if you're right. If you do look at the teams below us, and I feel so cliche to say this, but I know the Islanders won, or the uh, the the Carolina Hurricanes beat us today. But the Hurricanes really have not taken advantage of the opportunities they've had. Given when you're playing with a third string goalie, that usually is hard to go ahead and win games. So, and again, they've had injuries too, with Dougie Hamilton out. Uh, what a what a contested for a Norris Trophy. Uh, if it hadn't been for his injury this season, still probably John Carlson is going to win and would have won, despite uh, a healthy Dougie Hamilton. That being said, the Blue Jackets also are struggling a lot as well. I I don't think there's any way the Blue Jackets make the playoffs. I think they have just imploded, and they have a real dearth and lack of talent on their team. What John Tortorella has done with that team to even make them a – a team that's in the playoff conversation is impressive. And if John Tortorella was able to make the playoffs, I I, I put him forward as coach of the year because that team lost a lot, a lot off of their, last, off their the roster last season, especially with the huge push they, they put forward to try to go ahead and make an impact in the NHL playoffs last season. Um, and the Hurricanes, I think, honestly, the Hurricanes are probably the biggest threat. I think the Rangers – they're iffy. Um, Shesterkin got shelled today by the New Jersey Devils in his first game back. Um, you know, how does he react? I mean, he's only played, I think, 10 or 11 games now in his NHL career. And for the first stretch before this last game, everything was rosy, going perfect for him. The, the Rangers were playing well, though, as well. So, you know, he's facing a little bit of adversity. Has he bounced back the first time facing adversity in NHL? Is he going to go ahead and let things slip and slide? Or is he able to go ahead and bounce back the game after? We don't know. Um, The Florida Panthers are another team that are behind us, and we have a game in hand on them. But we have a tough, tough schedule coming up, and it's going to be on the West Coast. It's it's do or die time because, you know, as much as the teams below us continue to lose – we can't just go in with the expectation that this is going to be the way the rest of the season is going to play out because teams are going to get hot. And some of these teams that are struggling now, just like the Islanders, a team or two is going to get hot and make a huge run. That's just how it goes every single year in the NHL playoffs. And those wild card teams, that's how they usually play out.
1: Yeah, it's usually the teams that make the wild card are the teams that play well at the end because it's always bunched up. You know, you mentioned slip and slide earlier. Do you remember the old game, the slip and slide, where you put like your outside faucet you hook it up to a little uh, plastic ramp and it has water shoot out of it and as a kid you go running down you in your backyard and you dive on the slip and slide and you know slide off it you ever you know about that tj
0: you put well we would go ahead and put like uh baby oil or soap or like that johnson's baby soap or something like that to mm-hmm. allow you get extra slip
1: okay no it's a slip and so there's no something with baby oil it doesn't say you know insert put water and baby oil on it just water and as a kid you go sliding down it i don't even know if they make it anymore they probably said it's hazardous who knows they're taking away all the fun things in this world anyway and maybe they've taken away the slip and slide i don't know there's also the betsy wetsy doll which i don't know if that uh, is around around anymore where it a little doll, you feed it some water, and it would pee, and you'd have to change his diaper. I think it was made for girls. I don't know who it's made for now, if they even make it anymore. But the old Betsy Wetsy doll and slip and slide—I don't know. I'm just, I'm just ripping here, uh, just because I'm unhappy with the Islanders playoff spot. So I'm regressing back to uh, years ago, and I just remember these toys, uh, toys when I was watching cartoons on Saturday morning television back in the 1960s.
0: Yeah, well, grumpy old man. As much as we would love to reminisce back on the old days, and I do like to hear reminisce about a happier time for Alander fans, um, it's uh, unfortunately again we we do have a tough a tough a tough road ahead of us, um, and we've got a lot of games in a short time period. We're gonna see what this team has. Um, again, I don't think there's any quit in them, but. There has to be some sort of lucky bounce. There has to be something that is going to be the catalyst to launch this team into the playoff push. Because, again, the way things are spiraling right now out of control, it doesn't look positive, right? Of course, all fans, you know, there's a lot more now fans on suicide watch, I'm sure, as the season's over, the Islanders are over, blah, blah, blah. There's just so many teams around us that are losing that it's not it's it's impossible to say that we're completely out of the playoff picture yet.
1: Right, right. That's the case. I mean, you you know, look at Pittsburgh. Right, they were on the verge. They were in a play. They were in a wild card spot earlier in the week. They win a couple of games, and all of a sudden they're almost a lock uh, to be the three seed in the uh, Metro Division. And then you look at, like you mentioned earlier, the Hurricanes, the Blue Jackets, the Rangers, even the Florida Panthers. These are teams that. You know no one is no one's grabbed the bull by the horn, so to speak. I mean, if we could just win, go like on a three, four game win streak, I just feel that there's no way we couldn't make the playoffs because like seems that everyone is struggling at that point in time. and you're you're right. That's just the way playoff hockey is when it gets there. The teams that have the uh, you know, the cojones to really, you know, to put it out there and to sell out, those are the ones that are going to make the playoffs. And the guys who shrink from the occasion, they're the ones who aren't. You know, you mentioned Columbus earlier. I still wouldn't totally discount them, even though they lost their best player last year in Panarin, you know, a very good number two center in Duchesne and their number one goalie in Bobrovsky. But I wouldn't sell them short at this point in time. I think of the team – I mean, I think they have one game. We have one game in hand on them, I believe. Um, But,
0: but yeah, they're playing tonight right now, losing to the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, You're talking about – blue jackets. Um, but it's,
1: yeah. But like I said, if, if just, if we can just, like I said, if we just win three or four games in a row or something like that, and we're not that far off, you know, you're losing by one goal a game or losing in overtime. It means you're almost there. I just think if we get a couple of bounces. We'll be okay.
0: Yeah. Again, I, we've talked about this before. We don't think we're Stanley cup competitors by any stretch of the imagination. Um, We're a team that's – I mean, our window is closing.
1: Anything can happen when you make the playoffs. It's true I don't think we're we're Stanley Cup contenders. But if you make the playoffs, anything can happen. So, that's – I mean, you got to be in it to win it. So, you know, that's the way I look at it. Um, And I think we will make the playoffs. Like I said, I don't think we're playing poorly. I just don't. Um, We just need some guys to step up. We just really do. I mean, I know Nelson scored a goal. Bailey scored a goal in the last, you know, couple of games, but really they've been invisible for the most part um, down the stretch. The only line that's doing anything, and you know, as much as I dump on him, Anders Lee has really stepped up. He's really stepped up, and Matt Barzal has been our best player.
0: Yeah, I think Matt has has been on fire as of late. I thought he's played extremely well. Um, he's played possessed out there. And not only in the offensive zone, he's done really well uh, forcing turnovers also. There was that situation against the Ottawa Senators where he stole the puck. I can't remember. I believe it was off of um, uh, Grumpy Old Man. You might have to spot me on this one. Uh, The defenseman there from the Ottawa Senators. um, Shabbat. Shabbat, yes. Thomas Shabbat, correct? Yep. Okay. Um, I knew Thomas was somehow involved in that. But, yes, he stole it off of Shabbat. And created that opportunity, and like, wow. I at times you don't necessarily see that out of Matt Barzal, but at, I mean, he's just playing possessed right now, he's playing extremely well. He's doing anything he can to go ahead and force this team into the playoffs.
1: Yeah, um, like I said, he's the best player on our team by far. And you know, when he plays like he's been playing, if we just had a little bit of more support for him, I'm okay, he had three points against Ottawa. We lose four to three um I don't know if he had he had one point I think today um did he no he didn't I don't think he had any points today it was Dobson and Green to Bailey and uh Anders Lee and I don't think there was a secondary assist to Pulak
0: yeah Matt Parzell had no points today
1: okay But like I said, he drives, he drives our offense. You can tell when he's, when we're in the offense the only time we're really consistently in the offensive zone is when he's on the ice. And, you know, until we get something to change like that, we're going to continue to struggle. Carolina went out of their way to make sure that he didn't do a whole lot of damage today, but he's still, I mean, he's still a beautiful setup to Pulak right in the slot and he misses the net a pass to Bailey right in the slot, misses the net. I mean, You know, he's setting these guys up, they gotta convert. We have to get some goals. It's just that plain simple. We score a few more goals, we're we're ready to go.
0: And all circles back, Brumpfield man, just like a podcast should be, it all circles back to the central point. We don't have the high end offensive talent on this team, and with a little bit more offensive creativity and offensive acumen. We might put in a goal or two of those opportunities. Not not everything. You're not always going to convert. I don't care if you're Alexander Ovechkin. You don't convert on every single prime scoring opportunity. Of course, you're going to miss some. You're going to put some in. But when you start putting a few more in, I mean, it makes the world of difference. Um, and I'll tell you, if we don't make the playoffs this season, wow, uh, that trade for Jean-Gabriel Pajot looks Worse and worse and worse. And it's not because Jean-Gabriel Peugeot is not a great player. It's just not what the team needed. And we gave up too much for him, for a guy who would have been a free agent, and we could have targeted this offseason. Um, that's neither here nor there. But if, for some odd reason, we don't make the playoffs and a team like the Columbus Blue Jackets get hot, or the Florida Panthers get hot, or the Carolina, Carolina Hurricanes get hot, um, or you know, the New York Rangers get hot. There's a few teams that could really go ahead and make an impact and we don't make the playoffs. Wow, that trade looks bad.
1: Well, yeah, we gave up too much to get him. I you know, I like Pajot. Um,
0: I think well, he, I, do. I, I like Pajot too, to Grumpy Old Man. He's just not what we needed.
1: You're right. We need, but there was nothing like that available. I mean, there was no high end that's that's off season. I, you know, I've said this if I've said it once, I've said it a thousand times the really the way to make your team better is during the offseason not midseason It's just you can maybe get a piece here or there but it's not anything that's going to radically change what you already have and that's you know that's just the case the same thing with JJ Pajot. i like him a lot i think he's uh, i think he's a really perfect number 3 center uh, and he's going to be with us for a number of years so i mean we gave up we did give up too much to get him but you never know maybe if we don't make the playoffs perhaps we're picking in the top three and then we can get some high-end talent. See, that's the silver lining that we could look at it. That's the way a Pollyanna fan such as yourself should look at it. The grumpy old man would look at is we miss it. We get picked fourth and, or whatever. I don't even, I don't even know how the ping yeah, There's ball. no
0: way that can happen. Yes. Okay. The only, the only ones yeah. are the top three um, okay. that are up to go ahead. And and those, those lottery picks that you could win. Okay. Um, but, yeah, technically, sure, we could go ahead and win the lottery. I mean, you look back at it, the the Carolina Hurricanes did it, I think, when they were sitting originally at 12th when the Islanders were at.
1: They picked well, second.
0: They, they did pick second, but before the NHL lottery, they were the 12th. They had the 12th overall selection. The Islanders had something like uh, 11 and 13. So, I, I, again, I might be off. Maybe the Islanders were 10 and 12 and the Hurricanes were 11. It was something like that. Long story oh, yeah. short.
1: They were ten and eleven. The Islanders were ten and eleven, and we brought, we um, and we wound up dropping down to eleven and twelve.
0: No grumpy old man. What I'm talking about right here is the Hurricanes were in between the Islanders' picks. So the Islander going into the draft lottery, the Islanders had one, the Hurricanes, then the Islanders, and the Hurricanes wound up winning the draft lottery, which was in between both of our picks. They jumped one of our picks. One pick didn't move. Okay. I believe it was like that. I mean, it's a long time to go, Grumpy Old Man. It's neither here nor there, but it is possible to go ahead and win the NHL draft lottery and jump up all those spots. Not likely, but it is possible. So, yes, yeah. that is the silver lining.
1: Yes. I'm not saying it's going to happen because we're probably going to make the playoffs and we're probably going to lose that, you know, whatever, wherever the pick is. I don't even know where we are 15, 16, wherever we are. So, I, it's it's not optimal, um, but looking forward, I like having JG Pajot on the team. He's a guy that I mean, I'm sure as we get to the off season, we'll talk, we'll do the old who should stay and who should go uh, review, and uh, he'd be a guy that I definitely his the thing. There's no way he's not coming back signing that contract. So we'll just put it that way.
0: Yeah, he's he's going to be on the island for a long time, uh, no doubt about it. Um,
1: And that's a a manageable – $5 million a year is a manageable contract. It really is. I have no problem with that contract at all.
0: Yeah, the more I look at it, I don't have an issue with that particular contract. But it's unfortunate the cap situation that we were in, um, you know, with some of the other other players that we've signed to long-term deals with, you know, that absorb a lot of cap, it just made that deal, you know, it it just magnified – that deal a lot in my opinion and we've got some big guys we have to sign their restricted free agents you know Sorokin supposedly and I told you about this grumpy old man if Sorokin is not the second coming of Jesus Christ in net wow did we make a mistake letting Robin Leonard go
1: well I know you wanted you wanted Leonard back and I for what Leonard received and what we paid for Varlamov that that should have been the way that we went honestly um but i i don't think they had any intentions of bringing him back he had a plan all along and it was to bring in varlamov to use him to maybe curry favor with favor with sorokin and bring him in i mean that's what i think the whole thing was about they're going to lose uh they're going to lose grice at the end of the year and i think what the plan is is sorokin to get maybe 35 starts next year, and Varlamov to get the rest and then have that number flip within the next couple of years and have Sorokin as the starter and phase out Varlamov.
0: And, and, and we've talked about that. But, again, I mean, Robin Leonard is relatively young, especially when you're talking about for a goalie. He's only, he's only 28 years old. Goalies can play a long time in the NHL. And you look at it, he played for the Chicago Blackhawks' horrendous team Posted okay numbers, good save percentage, goals against average, respectable. He's been there for the Vegas Golden Knights twice. I mean, he's recorded a shutout. He's played for them two games, recorded a shutout, and had a pretty good performance against the Devils. Given, you know, he's played bottom-tier teams. But he's starting to show again what he can do on a team that is somewhat defensively competent, not like the Chicago Blackhawks. So, you know, grumpy old man, I I wanted Robin Leonard back. Um, I, I also wanted to see what Ilya Sorokin had in store because the guy is breaking records in the KHL. You know, the most career shutouts, the most shutouts in a playoff atmosphere. He's he's going down a list, checking boxes as well. But if that guy is not everything at, that we imagined and everything advertised, we have made a we've made a real blunder because we knew what we had in Robin Leonard, and he's showing it again. I, I wouldn't be shocked, grumpy old man, if he wins a starting job from Marc-Andre Fleury from the Vegas Golden Knights. I wouldn't be shocked at all.
1: No, no, no. He was brought in to be the backup. Marc-Andre Fleury is getting up in age, um, but I don't think he's there to take his job, Uh, not in the immediate future anyway. Uh, He was brought in to be a better backup than Malcolm Subban was, and that's why he was brought in, and he's doing his job so far.
0: Well, if you look you look at the I'm just talking about as of last few games, Marc-Andre Fleury's gotten absolutely pelted in that. I mean, he's gotten he's gotten skated off the ice. He's not played well the last two games. You look at a save percentage uh under eight hundred and then an eight three three save percentage. The last two starts have not been good for Marc-Andre Fleury. And again, with Robin Leonard posting shutouts and save percentage in the ninety-fives area, I mean, it's it's not inconceivable to believe. Uh, that he might win the starting job before the end of the season. Again, Robin Leonard, they know what they have in Robin Leonard. He showed what he could do with the Islanders last season. It doesn't take a few more games where you continue to perform like that, and Marc-Andre Fleury is struggling to go ahead and see him at the starting goalie position.
1: Yeah, I I just don't see that happening. But, you know, I mean, we know you love Robin Leonard, and he's probably the best goalie on the planet, according to you, and that's fine. Uh, I, liked, I like Robin Leonard as well. Um, I thought we did him wrong, honestly, uh, not even attempting to sign him back. But I don't think he's a threat to Mark andre Fleury, not this year anyway.
0: I don't think he's the best goalie in the world. I, I, know, I, know, I, I, think, I know you
1: don't. I, know you don't. I, was, I, was just, I was just joking with you there.
0: Oh, well, I know, Grumpy Old Man. But I just wanted to go ahead and state just in case other people didn't catch the joke. I know when you're joking with me. But for people who listen um, to the podcast, maybe they don't understand our jokes. Maybe they're tuning in for the first time. Um, that being said, grumpy old man, I I do think we did Robin Leonard wrong also. Um, but you know, it's in the past. All all I had to say was that E.S. Rogan better be everything is advertised and we better actually sign him. So otherwise, you know, we've really, we've really messed up again.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. Now, like last year, as you remember, I didn't think we should bring any of our free agents back. Not a one. But this year, I think we need to bring every one of our free agents back, our restricted free agents. I don't care about Matt Martin or Tom Kunakl. I'm talking about our big four.
0: Or Derek Broussard, et cetera.
1: Yeah, I don't care about Derek Broussard either. Um, You know, unless he wants to come in on the cheap, that's fine. But I'm the guys who I'm looking to sign long-term, Barzal, Taves, Pulak, and Sorokin, those guys have to be re-signed. you know, because they're on the right side of 30 by a long ways. Those are the guys you want to build your team around, not the guys that we re-signed last year, which, as everyone knows, I felt was a mistake uh, for the long-term future of the team. Um, But these guys have to be re-signed. And the longer the term, the better, as far as I'm concerned.
0: Yeah, grumpy old man. Um, Well, I, I don't want to keep you too long. It's late on a Saturday evening, grumpy old man. And the Islanders, you know, lost twice this week. So there's not too much uh, positive really to talk about. And you know, as we as we've continued on this slip and slide downwards, you know, this spiral, um, it's easy to go ahead and get negative about the team. There's a lot of things that we're not doing well right now. There's a lot of aspects in our game that we're really struggling with. That being said we have been given a golden opportunity just with the teams around us that continue to lose. So, you know, the Islanders are still very well in the playoff picture. They're still in the playoff spot. And that being said, you know, we've got a very, very tough schedule coming up and we'll get into that right now, Grumpy Old Band. So before our next podcast, we play the Vancouver Canucks on Tuesday. And that's going to be the only game that we'll have before the podcast, the podcast, our next podcast, because Unfortunately, the Islanders play the Flames on a Thursday when we release our podcast. But we'll have to go ahead and obviously record on Wednesday, and we could talk about that Calgary game before that. But we play the Vancouver Canucks um, at Rogers Arena on Tuesday, Grumpy Old Man. So what is your take? Do the Islanders go ahead and go to Rogers Arena and beat the Vancouver Canucks?
1: I'm going to predict a victory for us. I just feel like we're going to turn it around a little bit. Okay. I'm a victory. Two points for the Islanders.
0: Well, obviously,
1: uh, you obviously you don't feel the same way.
0: I don't is right. I think we lose to the Vancouver Canucks. I think we're going to struggle on this road trip, Old man. I think we might start off the road trip with a loss. We might get a win sprinkled in against the Edmonton Oilers. I don't know. There's something about the Oilers, and I know they're extremely offensively potent, but the way they play, it does allow for a lot of opportunities coming the other way. So I think we lose to the Vancouver Canucks. And, I mean, then you're talking about the Calgary Flames, the Edmonton Oilers, and then the Pittsburgh Penguins. I mean, and given the Penguins are at home, but still, yeah, that's that's a tough stretch of four teams that are really good, that are really good.
1: Honestly, out of those eight possible points, we I think we have to come away with five. I, th- I think we have to come away with five points.
0: Really? Um, I was just yeah. going to say we have to come away with four.
1: Well, I'm gonna say five. I, I just I just feel we have to. Um, you know, we're in a fight for our playoff lives, and I think I think that's doable for us. I do. i just I think we play well against the teams that are running gun teams. Um, and I think that benefits us against a team like Edmonton and to a certain extent against Vancouver.
0: Well, remember the last time we played Vancouver, uh, Grumpy Old Man, I think it was early February, we wound up losing in overtime 4-3. to So, again, we did play them close. Um, It was a whole matchup for us, but we did play the Vancouver Canucks close because, again, you're right, they are a team that's running gun up the ice and they like to go ahead and have a heavy four-checking presence. So it does leave opportunities coming for the counterpunch style, which the Islanders do try to incorporate.
1: Yeah. So I'm, that's why I think we're going to win. I, I just think it's it's a game we have to win. And like I said, we're we're playing okay. We just haven't been getting any bounces. I mean, that's the way I look at it. And also when sometimes when you go on the road, the guys bond a little bit, you know, I, I think that'll help in this situation. They have to know it's do or die. Um, and I think that's going to benefit us actually being on the road. I hope so.
0: Oh, I think the players know it's do or die time. I mean, it's it's the playoff times. It's you know, it's down, it's down the stretch. I mean, every single time period like this is is always do or die time. Um, but it's, yeah, well, it's going to be a very very important game.
1: Yeah, I guess my point is, it's better to get away from home. You don't have to have you know your next door neighbor. Hey, what's wrong with how come you guys aren't winning? Hey, what's wrong with the Islanders? You know, when you're out on the road, you're kind of there's no distractions like that. And um, I don't know. I'm, Like I said, I'm trying to be a Pollyanna today since you're obviously a little bit, uh, you're taking on the grumpy young man role today.
0: No, I'm not grumpy. I just, I, I don't think we beat the Vancouver Canucks. I think we do beat the Edmonton Oilers later on in the week. Um, I think the Calgary Flames maybe, but I mean, Pittsburgh's kind of been up and down. They've been struggling a little bit too. So if I'm looking at teams we're going to beat, I think we lose to the Vancouver Canucks and I think our our possible um, catalyst here to the playoff push. doesn't come until a little bit later on in the week. Um, that being said, of course, I'm willing to accept every single point the Islanders can earn, um, but it's it's an important matchup Tuesday. There's no doubt about it. And, uh, you know, they'll face off the Vancouver Canucks tomorrow. Uh, i got to go ahead and look that up, who they're playing. But they're going to be playing tomorrow. So, again, it's uh, – They'll play the Blue Jackets tomorrow. So the Blue Jackets play the Edmonton Oilers tonight, which right now they're losing to the Oilers. And then they play the Vancouver Canucks. So they're getting a little, a few Metro teams coming their way.
1: Yeah, and back-to-back games on the road. To, you know,
0: a couple, well, yeah, up- I was just talking the Vancouver Canucks have a few Metro teams in a row. But uh, the, 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 uh, the Blue Jackets are really struggling. I could see them losing and dropping more points to the Vancouver Canucks because they've really been abysmal as of late.
1: Here's the thing. With us, where we are in the playoff spot right now, if what we need to do is take care of our own business, which is win games. We don't have to chase anybody. They're all ch- trying to chase us. We just win games will be okay.
0: Well, here is an interesting question for you, Grumpy Old Man, before we wrap things up. We've got 14 games left. What do you think our record needs to be in the remaining 14 games for the Islanders to make the playoffs?
1: Uh. I want to say 9 and 5 no worse than 8 and 6. Uh, I I mean I maybe I'm just looking uh, maybe points wise um 16 points however you get them something like that. I mean that's that's a little bit more than a point a game. Something like that. It's it's tough to tell. It's tough to tell. I like I said I just we have to start putting some wins together. We just can't go on long losing strikes like we're on, streaks like we're on right now.
0: Well, I, I just thought it was an interesting exercise to do. Um, if we come away with 16 points, you know, that, that would put us at the season um, right around there at 95. So, I, again, at 95 points, definitely is a possibility to make the playoffs um, high possibility too. So, again, 16 points, that'd be awesome. Um, I was going to go a little lower. I think we only need 93 points to make the playoffs this season. I think with the teams that are struggling around us, I think really maybe 93 points get you in. But it's just an interesting thought I had here, and I'm sure it's going to change week to week as, you know, we get a little bit more of the pitcher um, comes into focus. But I want to thank you, Grumpfield, man, for being a part of the podcast as always. I mean, it hasn't been uh, an easy and a uh, joyous stretch for the Islanders and us. Um, It's it's been tough, but you know I appreciate you for coming on as always.
1: Thank you very much. And yes, this is this was not the most exciting podcast. You know, I think we're more down in the dumps than the Islanders are. I mean, uh, just a little disappointing.
0: Well, no grumpy old man. I know you don't have the uh, a uh, social media presence, but there are a lot of angry fans out there, and I, I you know, they are fans who are again. I, I use a term, oh, they're on suicide watch, very loosely, but there are a lot of fans who are, you know, ready to throw the remote at the TV. This is unacceptable, X, Y, Z. And uh, again, I don't necessarily feel like that. I felt more upset with the trade that we made the trade deadline. I felt we should we should have sat on our hands. But um, you know, with all the teams losing around us, it doesn't matter how many games in a row we lose, as long as we're as long as we make the playoffs. is all that matters. I mean, we could go ahead, squeak in at the number eight. You know, the eighth best team, the number two wild card spot. And I mean, again, you still made the playoffs. And again, anything can happen from there, given we'd be playing a team like the Boston Bruins uh, um, or the Tampa Bay Lightning. So it would have been a very, it's going to be a very, very tough matchup if we do squeak in at that wild card, that last wild card spot. But, you know, there are a lot of fans out there who are very dejected and angry, grumpy old man.
1: Yeah. Well, Boston is going to win that division. Um, so, if we get the last playoff spot, it would be against Boston. otherwise, it'll be Washington or Philadelphia. My God, don't let it be Philadelphia because I hate Philadelphia. I I just I just can't play Philadelphia in the first round of the playoffs because I know I'm gonna throw Ramos. I just hate the Flyers. everyone knows that. Um, you know, it just is what it is., uh, you know, it's funny how you mentioned the fans are unhappy. Currently, the are starting to get unhappy. You are unhappy. the trade deadline. As you remember, I was unhappy in the off season. That's when my unhappiness started. When we signed back the Hammond Eggers that we got, we didn't get Panarin, and we had no Plan B. When we obviously needed more offensive talent, so you know, and I've been saying all year that this was the boat we're going to be in. And guess what boat we're in? That's right, this boat. Everyone, get out your get out your buckets and let's start bailing out this boat. And hopefully, we make the playoffs
0: absolutely grumpy old man there we go we're gonna go ahead and end it there on a little bit of a positive note but and also thank you to the hockey podcast network again they allow us to go ahead and this podcast on multiple different platforms whether you listen to your podcast on apple itunes uh, google soundcloud spotify uh, stitcher anywhere you listen to your podcast you could find the never say die podcast so big thank you to the hockey podcast network and thank you again grumpy old man we can go ahead and start, you know, start our push to the playoffs one game at a time. It wasn't yep. the result we we're looking for today against the Carolina Hurricanes, but we did at least come away with a point. And you know, we've got a, a real tough stretch against some some playoff caliber teams upcoming. But it's it's a time period where we just need to go ahead and look at it one game at a time.
1: Yes, sir. Hundred percent agreement.